Welcome to episode 148 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jace and I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are you going today, fellas? Going well, Jace. Just coming off a little mini break before Christmas. Uh, took Mrs. Vids uh, to a little place called Point Leo in Victoria, which is a lovely little spot. And uh, yeah, I saw the dog run around on a couple of acres and I've never seen the dog as happy, uh, maybe... Maybe as happy as Cole and Charlie, but the dog was really happy just running around in every every nook and cranny you could get to chasing rabbits and uh, makes you realise what dogs are meant to be instead of being in the suburbs. So, yeah, it was good. Good fun. Nick, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm fresh off a little mini break as well. Not quite um, as rich as Point Leo. We just went down to, to Hepburn Springs or Elevated Plains. Did a little bit of a men's retreat. Few ice baths, um, got in the sauna, ate some good food, uh, did some breathing, and um, sung Kumbaya. It was good. So feeling fresh and getting getting ready or getting close to the end of this season. So yeah, ready to rip in. How are you, Jace? Looking good. Uh, I wish you, looking good. Maybe not feeling so good. No, I'm, I'm good, mate. Turned 36 over the weekend, um, and it was also mine and Casey's wedding anniversary. So it was a, a big one. Case uh, decided to pull out all the stops and you know do like a winery and brewery and have mates over and whatnot. So and like anything that I do, I'm all in. And so things escalated, and it was a quite a fun Saturday. Sunday, some first birthdays and, you know, getting around doing all that stuff. So, yeah, it's a busy time of year. There's And I think there's a fair bit of, uh, I don't know, it just feels good out there, even even with the weather being a little bit miserable. People are still out and about, you know, enjoying uh, this fest- fest- festivities and this time of year. And as you said, nearly the end of the season, um, I've been excited about raising the bat for episode 150 for a while. So we're getting there and uh, it's exciting. I think... Um, you know, like anything, you get to the end of the year and sometimes you pause to reflect. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to reflecting over the next couple of weeks as to what we've achieved this year and sharing that um, in the next couple of weeks. But meanwhile, today, uh, this episode's brought to us uh, in partnership with our friends at Dashboard Insights. So if anyone hasn't had the opportunity to check out uh, Ryan's episode back at 145, you can view Ryan on YouTube and find it on all of our usual uh, episode like Spotify and Apple, go and check Dashboard Insights out uh, if you want to make your data-driven decisions and have a business that's absolutely pumping and firing. Go to dashboardinsights.com and check it out. Nick, you've brought something interesting to the table today for today's episode. Why don't you uh, crack in and get us fired up? Yeah, thank you, mate. Well, I just wanted to raise a question um, to both of you. And the question is, is university the best option for school leavers as of 2023? What's your original, what's your initial response to that question? Is, and obviously you're comparing university with full-time work or a, or a trade or I guess TAFE is another way to learn. But um, what's your thoughts when I first ask that question? Well, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I like that you asked the question. So for me, I learned more in two weeks of a What Works business course when I was 17. Uh, than I did through school. I think school was was handy in certain aspects, but like I've always said to people, I was exceptionally good in a couple of subjects that I was interested in, and not so uh, did not so well in everything else. So to me, I've always thought uh, get your hands dirty, get learning, get get you know earning some revenue, and getting street smarts and amazing where that can take you. But I'm not 
dismissing the idea of how valuable it is for some people in context when they want to do something in a certain field as well. But I think self-exploration is uh, just as valuable, if not more valuable, uh, sometimes than university. But that's my my first initial instinct. You can hear my triggers as I talk. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, But, yeah. Jace, what about you? Yeah, I've, I've also got some triggers happening at the moment where I'm just like there's some weird memories and emotions coming back, you know, when you're 16, 17 years old and being asked what do you want to do for the rest of your life and you've got to make decisions around the subjects you're studying and then the university course you choose to go into can and that's meant to then craft the path for the rest of your life and if you get it wrong and you're a couple of years in, you might end up with ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of debt potentially, and you've cooked it and got it all wrong. Um, again, not saying that it's not a good option. Um, just exploring and then also feeling the triggers. The other one is, I I feel like where I am today with future advisory and my accounting career and my CPA and all the rest of it, uh, I don't ever often think back to university and the courses and the different bits and pieces I did and go. Oh, I learned that at uni and that's that's helping me in my day-to-day today. And I remember my first job interview at an accounting firm, they said, we're going to get you doing BASs. And I shat myself thinking, I have no idea what a BAS is. I've just done four years of university to walk into a job interview. And the first practical thing I was going to be doing the following week when I started work was filling out a BAS. I didn't even know that it stood for business activity statement. So the fact that I can do an entire accounting degree in Australia where GST exists and not be told about a business activity statement just kind of shows there's, I feel this can be a bit of a big disconnect between what university teaches you and where they think you're going to go and some of the real practicalities. Like, um, you know, focusing in on that, I felt like university was very geared towards the accounting students that wanted to go work at the big four, PwC, KPMG. And it was the accounting students that were going to be doing Coca-Cola's books or West Farmer's books. But there wasn't really, you know, anyone going, if you work with small business owners, here's things you should know about. And small business underpins our entire economy. It employs half of our country. So anyway, I've gone on a fair bit of a tangent there to answer the question. I'm the jury's out for me, Nick. I'm I'm not hundred percent convinced. Good question, Nick. You've got us yeah. all triggered and we're all fired <laughs> up. I don't have the answer, but <laughs> I just, I, and I think, you know, you, you said it, Marty, it's different for, for, for every people you, person. You said it in a different way, but that's, that's what you were yeah. alluding to. So the article I read was just about uh, people losing faith in the university system. Um, and the, some of the commentary was around you know, universities were never designed to produce, uh, to, to produce job ready graduates. Um as a result, post, post doing three or four years at uni, whatever it might be, graduates find themselves having to do um, internships or unpaid work to get on-the-job training and actually be ready to work. Um, it just got me thinking about my own situation because for me personally, I only spent a year at uni. I just didn't enjoy it. Um, the course that I did was business, finance uh, and accounting and my contact hours were 12 hours a week. That was it. Obviously, there was exams that you needed to study for and whatnot, but I just didn't enjoy it. I ended up working most of the time part-time in a couple of different roles because I wanted to earn money. I then did 12 months um, at uni, then went and got uh, a job, uh, which was in the mortgage broking industry, which I'm still in now, 
and end up finishing the degree over the next sort of five or six years part-time. So it just got me thinking about the long-term impact or how far behind you are from a monetary point of view if you choose to go into university and you don't actually go into the workforce or you go into a part-time role where you're simply making enough money uh, for ends meet, which is pretty difficult these days. So you think about the average person that uh, comes out of uni or comes out of school at 18, they might take a year off, whatever, but they're in uni by 18, 19. They do four years of pretty much earning no money. Now they might be earning a little bit of money, but they're not really saving any money. Post the four years, hopefully they can come out and get a job. If they're in a situation where they can't get a job and they need to do free work or an internship, um, then they're probably still working just to make ends meet again. A lot of these people, when they come out, and I just think about the law um, profession, and Jace, you would know this because mm-hmm. of case, it takes them a long time to climb the ladder and earn really and earn really good money. The other thing that happens when you start to earn decent money is you've got a hex debt that kicks in that you need to repay. So the government starts to take some of that back. Whereas you think about a trade, a young trade now that does an apprenticeship, and granted they don't earn a heap of money uh, at the start of the trade, but you know, these people coming out of their trade are earning six figures. They've had four years of superannuation going in. Um, they, they then have the ability, if they've got a trade, to go and start their own business. Some of the best or the most successful business people are, are trades. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long does it take the people that went to uni to catch up? The trades have probably got more money behind them because they're saving their savings, uh, their savings. So they've got savings, they've got deposit for houses, they might get into houses earlier, which means they get capital growth earlier as long as they're doing the right thing versus you see a lot of people in their mid-30s um, who might have come through a professional service degree and you know are trying to get into a house and now you need a $200,000 deposit. So it just got me thinking about all these things um, and it made me wonder, is it the best option? And is it the best option um, for all types of businesses? Because I think we've always thought about, or well, if you want to do this kind of work, you've got to go to uni. Or if you go to this, if you want to do this kind of work, then you become a trade. Um, and you don't need to go to uni because you can do a, an, an, an apprenticeship. And there's always been this smart people and not so smart people. I think that's the way it's always been uh, looked at. And you had to get really good marks to go to uni. Otherwise, you couldn't get into the um, you couldn't get into the um, the degree that you wanted to get into. So where the article was going was talking about you know, getting people into ob- on-the-job learning ASAP and then let them upskill through study. So one of the, one of the examples they gave um, was renewable energy. So that is, that is obviously going to ca- become a big part of our, um, well, curriculum, but people, there'll be people coming out of school that will want to be working in renewable energy. So the example it gave was you go in, you get on the ground training, you start an apprenticeship in renewable energy, and then post your apprenticeship, which might be three or four years, you can then go and do a master's in engineering hypothetically. And you can take your time to do that master's because you're earning money, um, you're on the job, and, and you're learning. And then I thought about, to go one step further, the issue of skilled labor in this country. So is that a way to bring more people into skilled jobs, train them quicker versus what we're trying to do at the moment, which is rely on immigration to bring skilled labor in? 
and I, I just this snowball effect of all the advantages that would um in in my opinion all the all the advantages that would come with having people go straight into roles and learning on the job and maybe it's a one year uni course in law maybe it's a one year uni course in accounting jace and then you're straight in and then you do certain things and then you continuously learn because even when you finish your degree, you've still got to learn. I've still got to do 40 hours um, a year to keep my financial planning um, certificate so I can give financial advice. So you would both know the learning actually never stops. You start working and you finish your degree, but the learning never stops. So why spend four years at uni in most cases to learn a not, to learn a lot of theory that doesn't then become practical until you get on the job is when you actually learn how to do the job. And that won't be for all um, industries. You know, obviously I get medical and there's some industries where it, it's probably not applicable. But I think in a lot of industries like accounting, um, you could probably do or learn more on, on the job, earn money while you're doing it, and then upskill at your leisure or what your employer requires um, to provide service to a client. Real-time experience counts for everything. And I've met, and it's all attitudinal as well with people. Yeah, I've seen a lot of educated failures. I've seen a lot of failures in various different forms. But but it's it's how you apply yourself. And I think working in the trenches, regardless of where your interest lies and what profession you want to take, would be hugely advantageous, particularly now with so much information that you can get digitally as you, you, know, as you cr- progress your career. Uh, I think it's a hand-in-hand hand thing. I've seen so many people over the journey say, I've got to go and learn this or get a certificate in this, but they're not applying what they know already. And they're always going jumping to the next certificate before they're taking action. So I like what you said about actually getting someone in a role as early as possible, regardless of the work, but getting in the industry they want and then learning in real time and developing. I mean, in our family tradition, all the kids, nieces and nephews, are working by the age of 15. That's not to say they're not going to school, right? They're going to school still, mm-hmm. but they're working because they're contributing to society. They're learning things as they go. And by the time they're 18, they're actually making better decisions as to where they want to progress. Huge advantage, huge advantage. And I think that's something that um, you know, we need to be able to embrace and we can make better decisions off it as individuals. We can contribute. And um, and I know being in business, as we all do, you are learning every day. There is not a day that I don't learn something and apply it. It's, um, it's great. Great way to live. To Jace's point, think back to when you were 18 and you're making a decision at age 18 um, to go into a career that you've never done before you think you know what it is, but do you really mm. know what it is? Um, and you're committing to also racking up a big debt uh, the minute you go to university at age 18. So I don't know. I've never really thought about it too deeply until I read this article. And to me, it's actually, it sounds bonkers. when You've you got to come to your head. You really well, have. Because you're forced, oh, you've got good marks. You should make the decision. You should go into uni. You know, some people might take a a year off and go traveling, but you don't come back any smarter about the profession mm. that you want to do. Um, we should let them test it out. Yeah, I'm sure there was data in there at that article as well, Nick. But the amount of tax returns I've done in my over the last 10 years, 
where I onboard a new client, meet them and say good day. And I'm like, oh, you got you got a you got a help debt or a hex debt, depending on how old you are and what it was called in your day. And they go, Oh yeah. I never ended up using it. I finished after one, two, three years and I got a job doing this instead. And like uh, there is so many t- people I've met doing their tax return that ended up not doing Casey was an example. She actually studied primary school or high school education. She she was a qualified school teacher from university, finished her teaching degree and then went to share. And that it wasn't until the end of the degree that you do your placement and you go out there and see what it's like to actually be a teacher and she went, nah, I don't want to work with kids. Like, nah, this is not for me. So then went back to uni and did a law degree. So you can imagine uh, Casey's hex or help debt, whatever we want to call it. I'm just uh, loving chipping away at that for the next 25 years or something like that. No, just kidding. But that that example, what, why did it? Why did Casey have to wait to the end of her degree to go and do the placement? What if that was done in, in the first six months? So then you got time to transfer to a different degree. Um, maybe that would change people from racking up these debts and getting a year, two, three in and going, actually, this isn't for me. The one stat that stood out to me, and I know you know, this isn't um, to put fun on anyone, but everyone always talks about arts degree, like what really is an arts degree. Uh, but there was a study by the University of Canberra in 2020 that found that um, of all of the degrees, arts people have the less, the less um, or the most poor outcomes as far as being able to find employment post that degree. Uh, and the stat they gave was half of them don't go into full-time employment post an yeah, arts wow. degree. And I would suggest, like you just mentioned, in a lot of cases, they come out of that and say, well, well, maybe I want to do this, and they go and do another degree. You know, mm. um, It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, also touch on, and again, this isn't to kind of guide anything, just my thoughts and experiences and memories. I remember, you know, 18... I took a year off 19, 19 to 23, finished my degree, 24, became an accountant. And I came out with a 30, 40 grand hex help debt, um, started working on tax returns. And then I started letting my mates know, like, hey, guys, I can do your tax return. Now, I reckon my first job, I was on somewhere between 40 and 50K. I reckon my grad grad salary might have been $45,000 as a grad. And I remember my tradie mates that had like left high school sometimes 16, 17, 18, or might have finished high school, then started their trade. Four years in at 22, 23, when I start doing their tax returns and they're qualified and I've got my uni degree, they're on six figures or more working in their trades. And they'd been earning money the whole time that I'd been spending money on university and barely, you know, making ends meet week to week, you know, on a you know, casual part-time salary while trying to study full-time. So there is a big, as you highlighted in that article, Nick, there is a big difference between in those early 20s, what somebody who went and did a trade and are qualified by their early 20s can do versus someone coming out of uni with a huge pile of debt. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I think about business people and you can be a business person in any qualification. So, you know, if you look at, um, I'm a business person in mortgage broking and so is Marty. Now, neither of us are mortgage brokers anymore. Of course, we understand the industry, but all, all of our focus now is on business, running a business, cost, profitability, um, you know, HR, culture. That is the same if you're an electrician. You go do an, um, an, an electrical trade. If you're good at that job, then you get more clients and then you get too many clients and you bring someone in and then you start building a business. And good electricians are probably that are running good businesses may or may not be doing 
any electrical work anymore. They understand the industry, but they're dealing with costs. They're dealing with profitability. They're dealing with culture. They're dealing with HR. So, yeah, I, I, I just think that the stigma of smart people go to uni and people that aren't smart don't go to uni and do trades, I think that's now gone, particularly when mm. you look at what's going on in this country with infrastructure and some of the work that's going to be needed to drive this country forward. There's plenty of money to be made in trades and mm. I think we need to think about how they learn and they learn on the job because it's practical now and that's an apprenticeship but your job's practical and so is my job. Yeah. Uh, you don't even need a uni degree to be a mortgage broker. It's all about being on the job and understanding the different circumstances that you could come up against and how to deal with those and the only way you learn that is on the job. So mm. I think we need to think about, you know, after reading that, how are we training people? Let's get them yeah. earning money. Let's get them to work, fixes the labor um, shortage um, and get some, you know, not just earning in- income, but building wealth at an earlier age. Yeah. I've definitely seen some great accountants come through the non-traditional pathway as well, where they got a job, they were doing admin potentially, then they went, hey, maybe I'll try bookkeeping and they, they you know, do their zero certification or they do... Um, through TAFE, do some kind of bookkeeping um, and admin course, and then upskill into an accounting diploma. And all of a sudden, with all of that background of the admin side of how a business works, the bookkeeping knowledge of the nitty gritty side of running a business into then the accounting side with tax, GST, structures and whatnot, bringing all that experience. So they didn't do the four years of uni, they've done the on the job practical going through all those different roles to then become an accountant. And I tell you what, the skill set and the way their minds work is equally or comparably or sometimes better than somebody who comes in after a couple of years of uni and, and is very green and needs a lot of, you know, you got to take them back to the start as well. You still, They might have the four years of uni or three years of uni, but you got to take them back to the fundamentals from from day one. So Yeah, such, such a good point. Like I've always said, there's three sides to every coin. <laughs> you go tradie, profession, but at the end of the day, you got to back yourself and, and I just think that if you were to approach, you know, accountancy practice and say, I want to work, I want to work, I want to learn, uh, you know, they will support you if that's your interest and passion, the same with mortgage broking. And there's lots of industries out there that you can do that in trades. And I know even my nephew, you know, he works uh, for an air conditioning company, which I feel like, you know, one day, I don't know, he might be 10 years off, might be seven years off, but he'll be able to expand into his own business one day. Uh, but he's learning a lot and he's contributing and doing a great job. And I, I just feel like uh, we can quickly dismiss to take sides, as you say. But I think what we've got to do is honour people's ability to critically think. And I always think about being in the milk bar. What a great education that was for, you know, providing a great service to a customer, understanding what something costs wholesale, what you sell it for. Chess critically thinking in chess, you know, sports, mm. leadership that you get in sports. Yeah, you know, these are all things you're doing in everyday life that you can bring together um, to really enhance your future. And look, to me, I'm always self-educating, like, but where there's relevance, like in my 30s when I didn't feel like I was strong in regards to leadership, I, I did courses that I was interested in to learn about it. So you go, you, you choose what's relevant that you can actually apply in real time. But the one thing I know, and no matter where I've done courses, and I remember doing a behavioral course, um, 
being quick to implement your learning. Uh, people get afraid when they learn something and and lose momentum off the learning. So as soon as you learn something, same as when you read a book or hear a podcast and you pick up something really great in it, apply it right away because it integrates the learning. And if you can continue to do that, you keep continuing to expand your horizons and executing your knowledge in real time. And then that becomes experience. And you continue to do that, you keep growing. I think I'm 52 and I feel like I'm just in the beginning, right? It's like I've got I've got another, you know, 48 years of learning and applying. But just keep keep doing that. Keep keep hungry and strive because you're going to be so valuable to to the people you work with and you know, maybe in your own business one day as well. So don't just don't just let the system's there for a reason, but you just don't want to let it dictate to you. You want to take what it provides and do it lawfully and apply it in your own way. It's it's incredible when you can do that. And that that makes life interesting and exciting to me as I know there'd be young people coming through going, you know, you should be this at 18. How the hell are you supposed to know that? But go into something you're interested in and uh, work there. You'll soon know whether you want to do it or not. <laughs> nah, super interesting discussion, Nick, and a great one to bring to the table. Plenty of thought-provoking. I think uh, Marty and I were quite triggered. So uh, for all our listeners out there, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So feel free to reach out to us. Hello at the numbersgamepodcast.com. Share your story of uh, your thoughts on whether you think university is the way to go or want to set up some of the other options. Thanks again to Dashboard Insights for their support of the numbers game for this season. And until next time, don't ever let the system tell you you're stupid. Go out there and prove it for yourself. Not that you're stupid, that you're very clever. Game over.